Romans chapter number 16. 16, right? Last chapter in the book. I tell you, I feel every time we do this and we get to the end of a study, you feel like you're kind of leaving a friend behind as we move on to the next one. Uh, we've been in it so long. Um, I think maybe I had sent something to y'all. 2017, is that what it was? Is that what I said? 2017? I, I still want to if I get time. I'm going to try. Um, so pray for me if you think it would be beneficial for you. I want to go back through and just kind of summarize. It's hard for me to do, I know. <laughs> summarize um, these chapters that we've been through over five years now. Um, so I'll try to do that. Um, maybe it'll come later in our study in Psalms, and maybe it'll come before we finish uh, with Romans. But um, I'll make it. Well, until the Lord directs me otherwise, brother, that's that's what it's what I'm what I'm set on, you know. Um, so um, keep. I, I ask you to keep praying with me about that. Um, I saw Abigail came up last week because I said something about that book being open. She came to look, see, you know, I saw you up here. Um, so I opened it up to Psalms. But I'm like, Lord, is this where you want us next? You know, that's in, in my mind, in my heart. You know, I'm wanting to know. Um, so was somebody, maybe, well, I asked Ryan to do it. There's two people back here on this side, but will you get me a count that you can give to me later and think about people who aren't here that I want to make sure that we have enough uh, for when we start. If I need to order any more of the little notebooks that we got, I don't want anybody not to have one. So I'll go without one, but but I don't want you not to have one if, if uh, we need to order some more. But um, here's the title for the message. So this, this is going to make some of you a little uncomfortable to think about. Well, let me just, let me just take you automatically to, to the 16th verse of Romans chapter 16. So salute one another with, what's it say there? Sacred kiss. A sacred kiss, a holy kiss. Um, you know that's that's not the kiss that 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 Teresa and I would share, you know, as husband and wife. Um, and my lips are usually peppermint, you know, after that because she usually has the peppermint balm on her lips. It's just chapstick, you know, but kind of stuff. But uh, it tingles. <laughs> but um, see, that is that is a. It is a cultural thing, isn't it? Uh, so we see that, you know, in different cultures. Um, I mean, think, so when you think about a kiss upon the cheek in Scripture, what comes to mind? There was a kiss of betrayal, wasn't there? Yeah. But this is a holy kiss. This is, um, and, and one, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but one pastor friend of mine said, it's got to mean something. You know, because we don't, in our culture, do that, you know, typically. But he says it's got to mean something. And so I bring all that up just to kind of set the context of what's, what we're talking about here. Because this word, greet, depending on what version 
of the scripture you have, you know, mine's going to use two words interchangeably in the King James. You're going to see greet and you're going to see salute, but it's the same Greek word. Um, so let's, let's stand and we'll read these first 16 verses. <laughs> Romans 16, verse number one, I commend unto you Phoebe. I commend unto you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is in or at, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher some of these words. Cohen, you've got a handle on the pronunciation of these things. I'll let you read it. Sincrea, we'll, we'll go with that. Verse 2, that ye receive her in the Lord as becometh saints. And that's, that's a becoming feature, quality of the saints. What? Receive. Receive her. Receive her. Who is she? She's a servant of the church. She's your sister. Receive her. In the Lord, as becometh saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. This was, this was somebody Paul trusted. This was somebody that had been a help to Paul. This is somebody that Paul's sending, and he's saying, receive her, and whatever help she needs, you give it to her. So he says there, assist her in whatever business she hath need of you, for she hath been a succorer of many. She's helped many. And Paul says, myself also. She's been a help unto me. As far as we can ascertain, she's the one that brings the letter. This, this letter we've been studying for over five years, she brings the letter. And let me just set the stage in this way, too. These people, um, and, and, and the way that they say that they're able to tell this, the, the, the scholars, is by the names of those who are mentioned here. In that day, if you were in the upper echelon of society... You got to choose, you know, and there are certain names that, you know, were available to you. Well, if you were a servant, there were only certain names available to you as a servant, and you probably didn't get to choose your name. Um, and so by the names of some of these that are mentioned, there, there are people here in the category of slave, okay? So how high of an education do you think that a person in that day, in that status would have reached. They might not even be able to read. And why do I bring that up? Is, is this a rich theological book that we're reading? And Paul was not afraid, because of the thing Brother JT's already mentioned this morning, Paul was not afraid to give this letter that is so rich. I mean, there's some deep things in this letter was not afraid to give this to the common person, which we are. We're common people. We speak the common language. You know, he wasn't afraid to give these things. Why? Because what Brother J.T.'s already said, these things are spiritually discerned. The natural man doesn't discern these things. The Spirit gives understanding. So out of the mouths of babes, right? So God gives understanding. So <clears throat> he says in verse number three, greet 
Priscilla and Aquila. We, we come across them in other places, don't we, in Scripture? And, and they're a help unto Paul in other places. Um, you might see Prisca. Um, is that what you see there? So that's, that's just Paul referring, you know, in, in other versions it might say Prisca instead of Priscilla. Um, you know, you've got people who have names like Elizabeth. How many different ways can you use that name? Liz, Lizzie, Beth, you know, you just go on down the line. There's so many ways that you can say Elizabeth. Um, so here, Prisca or Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers. So is this a one-man show? I hope not. Um, you know, this and 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 am I am I the one running things here? Is it all up to no? This is a church. This is a body, right? This is the body of Christ. Um, there's different gifts within the body, right? You know, so we see that here. These these are helpers. He says in Christ Jesus. Look what says, verse number four says. This is pretty incredible. I mean, you're talking about love here, right? For someone that, that that's that's not. Your blood relative, not your child, you know, not your spouse. I mean, these people, um, they met Paul in Corinth. And Paul stayed with them for about 18 months. But um, it says here, they laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. You, know, you, 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 you get the feeling here that with all these names that are mentioned, and we could have easily just passed over all these names, right? But this, this is rich territory. So all these names that are being mentioned, and Paul talks about them helping. Uh, we're going to get to a part where there's those that were imprisoned with him. Um, you know, so you, you, you see this, Paul's, I mean, it's, what we just read there, it says that, that not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles, how much of a help they were to Paul, but also unto all the churches they were a help. I mean, we know they were in Corinth. We know they were in Ephesus. We know they were in Rome. You know, they were in all those places. And it seems like there are references in Scripture where they had, they had a church in their house in those places. They had a church in their house. So he says, Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Just what we said. Salute my well-beloved Epinatus, who is the first fruits of Achaia unto Christ. So one of the first converts out of Asia, right? Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Salute and Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen. Let's say something about Junia. It depends on how it's accented, from what I understand. Accent one way, Junia is a male name. Accent another way, Junia is a female name. It's largely held that this was a woman here. But look what's said of her. Uh, so Andronicus and Junia, my kinsman, that kinsman there, you know, think about it in this term, it could have been a relative, you know, but then also it could be a countryman, you know, from, their own, from his own um, countrymen. It says, my fellow prisoners. So here's, here's a lady and a man that were fellow prisoners with Paul. I mean, we see that we see you know some others that that were in stocks with Paul, you know, but in bonds with Paul. But but here these were fellow prisoners, and it says they were of note among the apostles, not just among Paul, but among other apostles who also were in Christ before me. So they were saved before Paul was. Greet 
Amplius, my beloved in the Lord, salute Urbane, our helper in Christ, and Stachus, my beloved, salute Apelles, approved in Christ, salute them which are of Aristobulus' household, salute Herodian, my kinsman, greet them that are of the household of Narcissus, <clears throat> which are in the Lord, salute Tryphena and Tryphosa. Um, some indicate that those were twins, Tryphena and Tryphosa, who labor in the Lord. Uh, one person said their names mean dainty and delicate. You know, dainty and delicate labored in the Lord. Dainty and delicate didn't let that, that stop them. They labored in the Lord. Salute the beloved Persis, which labored much in the Lord. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Seems like you know, Rufus's mother was a mother unto Paul. Uh, salute hmm, Asyncritus, Philegian, Hermas. Petrobus, Hermes, and the brethren which are with them, salute Philocolus and Julia, Nereus and his sister Olympus, and saints that are with them, salute one another with an holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. So there we go. There's all these names. We're not through with them yet. We'll get into some more, you know, the Lord willing, next time. And I know I didn't pronounce those right, you know, but, you know, you, you got to see them there. They're probably even pronounced differently in some of the other uh, versions that we have among us or written differently in some of the other versions we have among us. But before we go any further, let's just uh, let's stop a moment. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we bow before you, we we thank you for this 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 book that we've been able to uh, study these these many years, and as we come to these closing verses, Father, we pray that you would uh, help us to continue to see more and more that you would open these things up unto us, that they might be a blessing unto us, that you give us understanding and insight into them, Father, that we may know better, Father. I mean, this is the first century church, and the love and the fellowship that we see amongst them, Father, that we might know that same love and fellowship among ourselves that we might be able to say the same things about one another. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. So, just thinking, this morning I was sitting there in my study in Psalm 122. Actually, I think it's where I even got out of bed. Psalm 122, verse 1, flashed across my thoughts. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. You know, and so, you know, I, I question you this morning. Question myself this morning. Is that, was that our thought? You know, I, I thought in terms of this, is this the best day of the week? You know, is this the day that we look forward to in the week the most? Um, is, is that what's in our hearts? You know, I was glad when they said unto me. Um, I can't say that's always been the case, Brother Bruce. When I was a little kid, seemed like the best television shows during the week came on Wednesday. When it was time to go to church. And I was going to miss something, you know. I wasn't missing anything, was I? Um, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Well, I wanted to just for a moment briefly before we get into chapter 16, just go back with some final thoughts on, on chapter 15, and then we'll get into 16. But just thinking about 15 and, and the things that we saw there, there is a confidence 
that is to be had in, in the Lord in all of life's trials. Because we can, we can bleed over into chapter 16 with this too. I mean, we, we think about it in terms of chapter 15 with what had happened in Paul's life and the things that had taken place and how that it didn't always line up exactly with how Paul thought that, that the lines would have fallen. But still, as Brother J.T. says unto us, the lines have fallen the way that God's ordained them to fall. The lines have fallen unto us in pleasant places. And we're able to look back and say, God couldn't have done that any differently, any better. Uh, I had different thoughts about the way that should turn out, you know, myself, but the, the way that God did it was the best way. Um, you know, so we, we, we have great need of fervent prayer. Um, and we, we spoke in those terms last week, didn't we? Um, you know, and, and striving together in prayer. You know, that we ought to, we have great need of fervent prayer while we wait upon the Lord during these times of testing and, and trust in the providence of God. We sing that hymn, God moves in a mysterious way, his wonders to perform. You know, trust not the Lord by feeble sense. You know, don't, 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 don't or judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his care. You know, he, behind a, a, a frowning providence, which is the way it looks to us, right? He hides a smiling face. You know, these, these clouds that you so much dread in the hymn, you know, are going to break in blessings, you know, upon your head. You know, we see some of that terminology, you know, being used there. Um, we're not without a promise. God's, God has promised us that he's going to cause all things to work together for good. I don't know if you had a chance to read what I had sent to you. You know, I'm, I'm reading through the, the life of uh, uh, what's the autobiography of, of George Mueller. And if you know anything about him, all the promises, you know, all the, all the times that God met him in his prayers to provide for thousands of orphans. You know, and he gets down to the place where I sent this out to you, and he says, don't think that God just does these sorts of things for me. You know, these are promises to all of his children, you know. So he warns, you know, against taking things into our own hands but rather stay in that place of humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God, trusting him and his providential care to work things out the, 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 the way that is best. And so we wait upon the Lord. And the psalmist says that, doesn't he? Wait. And again, I say, wait upon the Lord. So we wait upon him, trusting him by faith. And our faith is exercised. And our faith is challenged. And, and, and we, 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 have, we have to work out these things, you know, in, in patience, waiting upon the Lord uh, to, to do the thing that he is going to do in that situation. And so Mueller warns against taking things into your own hand and your faith not being exercised. And the next time the thing comes around, because you didn't wait upon the Lord and you took things into your own hands, your faith isn't going to be stronger that next trial that you go through, and you're going to fall back in the same position of trying to take things in your own hands instead of trusting you know, in him. So God's promise that all things work together you know, for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So we're not without promise. And Paul plainly told us in Philippians 1, right, verse number 12, that he wanted us to understand he wants us to understand that the things that have happened unto him, 
that we, we said last week, we look at and we say, well, that's not going to work out too good. He's shipwrecked on an island, you know. Uh, there's a viper that's come out of the heat and latched upon his hand, you know. All these people are looking at him thinking, this guy's going to drop dead any second. I mean, that's a poison that you get bit by that, you're done for. There, there's, not any, there's not any medicine for that, you know. Um, and Paul just shakes it off in the, into the, the heat, uh, you know, into the fire, and, and the people begin to pay attention. That guy should have died. Why didn't he die? Um, and they begin to listen to the message that he has to proclaim. So the things that have happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. So does, does, a, does a snake, a viper come out of the... I know that my mother-in-law loves me to say the word snake. She hates that. Um, but does a viper, is that better? Does a viper come out of the, out of the, out of the heat and, and you know, latch upon your hand and that work out to the furtherance of the gospel? Yes. Are you, are you stoned and left for dead and that works out to the furtherance of the gospel? Yes. You know, are you in prison? That works out to the furtherance of the gospel. Yes. You know, I was, I was, telling, I was telling my kids <clears throat> last night about a man in a country that if, if, if he were caught preaching the gospel, mandatory seven-year imprisonment. And so what does he do? He goes on preaching the gospel, Right? You know, and there's this, the, 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 the kids said, well, if he was put in prison, he'd have a captive audience, right? You know, um, and, um, you know, it, it makes you think about Paul um, in this, this passage that I'm reading here. It says in verse number 13, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all their places. You know, the, the Praetorian guard, so that would be the guard that, that guarded Caesar, right? Some of these guys... You know, that was known among them. You know, it, it might have been known in different ways. I mean, here's, here's one of these, 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 these Roman, you know, guards that's thinking, those Jews have worked things out the way that they have that one of our own countrymen is now, you know, under house arrest. Uh, and they might have been, you know, angered somewhat by that. You know, it might have been upset them. Here's a, here's a Roman citizen, you know. Uh, he was born a citizen. He didn't purchase. The, a lot of people purchased that citizenship. It cost them a great deal of money to purchase it, you know. But, but the gospel of Christ was known in Caesar's household. You know, slaves, centurions, you know. Well, how? Because Paul is in, he's under house arrest. You know, there's a, a, a rotation of guards that are being chained to him and changed out. And they're having to listen to these things. Um, as Paul is dictating these letters or as people are coming to him and, 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 and he's preaching the gospel to them, they're, they're hearing these things. Um, so uh, these things have worked out to the furtherance of the gospel. And, and so we need to realize and apply this to our own lives, the things that are happening in Sister Shelby's life right now, the things that are happening in Rebecca's life right now. God's working these things together for good. He's even working these things to the furtherance of the gospel. Um, so chapter 15 ended with the, the fearful and the wonderful providence, you know, of God and the way that he orders things. Now, you, you know that passage in Proverbs sixteen thirty three, right, that the lot's cast in the lap, right? So here's this thing that's thrown into your lap. Lord, what am I going to do with this? 
Well, we're going to trust him. We're going to depend upon him. We're going to look unto him. We're going to wait upon him. We're going to ask him to work in this situation, right? Because it says the whole disposing thereof is of the Lord. The Lord's in it all. The lot's cast into the lap, but the whole disposing of it is of the Lord. It's of him. So we are utterly dependent upon the Lord in these things. I mean, you, you, I was talking to Teresa about this yesterday. A young lady dives off of not, not, a, not a great big tall you know, diving platform, which you see those people do. It's just incredible uh, to, th- to even think about jumping from that kind of a height. But this was just a floating platform in the water. She jumps off of it, and she hits the bottom, and she's paralyzed the rest of her life. And many people, a great many people, are blessed as a result. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. A uh, great many people are blessed as a result. You know, a, a, a man is, is, is gifted in the medical field. He's called to be a doctor. And the Lord calls him to walk away from it all, to preach the gospel. And countless souls uh, are blessed, you know, as a result. So, you know, who's in control of all the nuts and bolts of our lives? I mean, I was, a, a friend of mine was, was preaching about and using this as an illustration. He said, it wouldn't take but one, one thing to break. You know, just going down the road. A, a fly to distract. And your life is changed forever. You know. And if it is, who's in it? If you're his, he's in it. The Lord's in it, right? Um, Things may not be going according to your plan, but they're going according to God's plan. Um, Isn't that what Isaiah talks about? Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways, not my ways, saith the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And then he goes on talking about the rain coming down. And the snow from heaven, and doesn't return, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud. I mean, we're, we're, we're entering that season, aren't we? There's a redbud tree right outside my window. It's budding. You know, things are starting to bud. Hmm? Yeah, coming out of a stump, yeah. Um, the, I guess those, those yellow flowers out there, there's daffodils, right? Yeah, the daffodils are already, you know, blooming. Just, just, I never planned this. I guess my grandmother planted them. They're, they're coming up. Maybe you planted them, Anita. I don't know. But they're out there. Yellow daffodils you know, coming up. Um, there's even some of that house that you used to live in. I don't know who planted those out there, but there's a bunch of them out there in the field. Um, but, but it's going to bud, and it's going to bring forth. He gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. So God sends something into your life. God's going to cause it to prosper. God's going to bring good. If you're his child, he's going to bring good out of that. Now, the world tries to lay claim, right? You've heard them say it, haven't you? All things happen for a reason. Yeah, they do. They, all things do happen for a reason. But it's not for your good unless you belong to him. Not for your good unless you belong to him. So, indeed, God does move in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. We pray and look unto him who is the author and finisher of our faith in these things. Right? So, I mean, didn't the Lord 
instruct us when the disciples ask, teach us to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, is that not your desire? You know, is that God's will be done in your life? Is that not true? If you're a child of God, that, that, that is there. It's in you. I want God's will to be done. And, and that, that, that will increase and strengthen over your lifetime, won't it? Lord, your will be done in this situation. You know, Lord, sanctify this to the good of all and your glory. You know, um, God's will be done. We pray for that. Um, you know, this, this, this next text out of Psalm 65, verse 2, I mean, this just really struck me. And you know how that is, Brother JT. We, we know these verses, but there's times that the Lord just lays it on us, you know, and it becomes such a tremendous blessing unto us, we can't hardly seem to get over it, and we don't need to or really want to, do we? Um, we, we regret, you know, whenever it does fade. You know, it's just like Moses' face, you know, that glory of the Lord was there and the veil had to be put there, but over time that glory did fade. Um, but Psalm 65 verse 2 says, O thou that hearest prayer. Isn't that an incredible thing? God hears. He's not just able to hear, but he hears in the sense that, that, that he's concerned about those things that concern us. And as we pray and ask him to move, he will move in situations and circumstances, won't he? O thou that hearest prayer unto thee shall all flesh come. So that we get to Hebrews 4.16, and it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know, you've heard that saying before that prayer changes things. Hmm? You never heard that before? You heard it? And I, 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 I'll agree with you and disagree with you. Yeah, I'll agree with you whenever I understand the sentiment when you say, no, it doesn't. But it does in this sense. If we're praying and seeking the Lord, it changes us. It changes us. You know, here we're, we're, we're wrestling with this situation. We're wrestling with these circumstances. Things just aren't going the way that we want them to go. And finally, we just say, Lord, do something. Please work in this situation. Whatever it takes, um, Lord, do something in this situation. So it does change us. We see that. Uh, Humble yourself again under the mighty hand of God. And in due time, what will happen? He'll exalt you. He'll lift you up. He'll lift you up. So... As we get to chapter number 16, just some things I wanted to throw back out there from what we looked at in chapter 15. But as we get into chapter 16, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a, a neglected chapter, but it is rich. And it does give us, like I said when I was praying, it does give us a feeling. As you read through these verses, it does give us a feeling of the first century church. Um, we see these interactions between these people that, that we, we don't really know. We, we know Paul. We kind of heard of Priscilla and Aquila. You know, we've, we've heard of some of these, but some other ones. I mean, eternity, you know, will, will tell the extent of some of these that are named and some that are not named of what was done by God through them. I mean, Paul, Paul certainly, you know, 
commends them, you know, unto us uh, for the help that he that they were unto him. But there are some phrases too that I wanted to point out. There's a there's a phrase that's that's used a couple different phrases that are used multiple times um, in these verses in Christ or in the Lord. As he mentions these people, he uses that kind of interchangeably too, kind of like in the King James with greet and salute. You know, in Christ, in the Lord. Another way to say these are Christians. Um, these are Christians here. But um, those two terms um, and the things that we see, I mean, the same things that we see about these people show, doesn't it, what it means to be a Christian? Um, some of what it means to be a Christian. So think about in other places where we find this term in Christ. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, right? Um, how about in the second verse? It talks about those who are in Christ are free from the law of sin and death. Um, fast forwarding to chapter 8 and verse 39, those who are in Christ are not able to be separated from the love of God, right? Not able to be separated from the love of God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that being in Christ, we are a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Ephesians 2.10 says we are created in, in, in Christ. We are created unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And these people that we see here, these things that said of them, being in prison, you know, being helpers, being this, being that, these are good works that those people God had ordained that they should walk in. Things that they were to do. Um, it, it's it's like amongst some of us younger preachers, we're not so young anymore, the ones who were the young guys at Bentley at one time, and Brother Conrad would ask us to preach, or we'd go to Brother Don Johnson's camp, and, and the, people weren't scheduled at these places, you know, for a, a lot of it. Some, some there were main speakers, um, but you could be called, you know, from the floor, and um, I mean, they wouldn't call you like right now, Brother Bruce, come up and give us a word, you know, but it, it would be before services, you know, they would, they would let you know. A lot of times they would be gracious enough to let you know the day before, you know, the night before you're speaking in the morning, you know, and so you didn't get any sleep all night, you know, and you're wrestling with what would the Lord have me to preach, you know, but, but um, you know, sometimes there was even longer, you know, um, amounts of time and, and Josue, you know, Contreras or David, you know, Gatch would come up and, and we'd be together and we're like, I, you know, why did the Lord choose me? To, you know, there's other men here that would be you know, much more qualified. Well, here's the thing that Brother Conrad had told us, and we'd have to remind each other. He'd say, the Lord has appointed you to preach at this particular time to this particular group of people with this particular text. He's called you at this time. He's appointed you at this time, not somebody else. Don't be saying that, you know, the, 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 Brother Don should have called somebody else and not me. No, the Lord's appointed you. And so you trust in him and you wait upon him. And, and you stand there before the people and you preach what the Lord's given you because he's, by his providence, he's ordained that this should happen. And so you see that sort of thing here in this, what we're reading here, you know, that there are good works that Cohen, in your lifetime, nobody else could do. There are things that God has appointed Cohen to do that we couldn't do at that particular. There are other things that we are called to do, but there are going to be things that the Lord's called Cohen to do, that he's given Cohen to do, and that Cohen needs to rely upon the Lord and trust in the Lord, and that we all need to do the same thing. The Lord's given this for me to do at this time, 
and trust in him and wait upon him, you know, in those things. So in Christ, then there's phrases, the other phrase that's used here is in the Lord. Um, we see that in other places like 1 Corinthians one thirty one. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. What else do we have to glory about except in the Lord, right? Um, I quoted this next verse of Scripture this week. Ephesians 6 1. Becca, Andrew, Ephesians 6 1. Come on. Have you forgotten? Has it been too long? Hmm? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. You know, so when they would question me about things, Ephesians 6 1, and they would, they would quote it, you know. But there was a lady at work this week was telling me about her daughter and about why, you know, her daughter was asking, why do I have to do that? And she said, because I said so. And I said, I got a better one than that. You know, if we're, if we're here in, in my household, you know, where, where I seek to promote Christ and promote the gospel amongst, you know, my children, it's Ephesians 6.1. It's in the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. This is right. So how about this one, Ephesians 6.10? Be strong in the Lord and hmm, in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And these, that lot's cast in your lap. <laughs> Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Let me put it in context for you. Moses led the children of Israel you know, across that wasteland, and he couldn't go any further. And it fell upon who? It fell upon who to lead after that? Hmm? Joshua, right? Joshua, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Joshua was going to come up against Jericho. That city had never fallen. And he was going to march around it and blow a trumpet and defeat it. You know, Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, right? You know? Um, Daniel, we're going to throw you in the lion's den. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're going to throw you in the burning fiery furnace. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Right? Well, you know, with Joshua, what was it? I mean, he was told, and it's the same unto us. These things aren't just for, it's just not just for Moses and Joshua, but Joshua was told, as I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Well, guess what, Brother Jerry? That's for you and me. As the Lord was with Moses, as the Lord was with Joshua, so will he also be with us, right? Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So, as we, as we look at these things here, we, we see some of Paul's circle, some of the circle of, of, of companions, uh, of, of, of acquaintances and, and, and church members in different places that, that he encountered. Um, the thing that bound them together, different cultures, different, you know, we got male, female, rich, poor, young, old, you know. What, what, the thing that bound them together was this in the Lord, in Christ. I mean, he, he uses that over and over again. Uh, they shared with him in the work of the gospel. Um, 
And so we have all these greetings to these many people who were special to Paul and, and, and really beloved by him or beloved to him. First uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I'll, I'll take you back over there to Isaiah 55 and, and couple that with good works that were appointed before the foundation of the world that you should walk in. And the Lord sending forth that rain and it coming to the earth and it bringing forth and it budding. And that, that God has said his purposes will be accomplished. And think about this verse of scripture. Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Not in vain. Not in vain. I mean, the devil will come along and say, well, what can you do? You know, who are you to do anything? You know, you, 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 you really don't even, you're not even comfortable and don't even really feel you know, like you can share the gospel with anyone. You know, the devil will be glad to come along and say that you don't matter. You know, that, that um, you know, you, you don't really need to go to church today. There's so much going on, you know, just, you know, you can lay out this Sunday. You know, you don't, you don't need to be there. It's important. It's all important. It all matters. It's all a part of the body. I mean, the body, it, it, it's, it's, it's got eyes and ears and a nose and a mouth and arms and legs, and it, it all functions together. It's all important. Yeah, I think I mentioned last week, sorry, sister, I'll say it again. I told her, I said, when you're not here, and there's times that Sister Shelby's not going to be able to be here. There's things that, there's times that I'm not going to be able to be here. Sad, you know, to say we, we want to be here, don't we? Uh, but there's things that are going to cause us not to be here. But when we're not, we're, we're a little bit poor, you know, in our fellowship, in a sense to me, I miss you when you're not here, any of you. Uh, I, I, I miss Sister Betty this morning, and she's not here. I, I miss that you weren't here, you know, last week. You know, um, there, there, there are others who aren't. I, we, we miss them when they're not here. We're concerned about them when they're not here. Uh, they may think if we call them and ask them, hey, is everything okay, that we're prying. No, we're, we're, we, it's out of love and genuine concern. Uh, the kind of concern that we see here with what, you know, Paul is saying, when you see this word greet, it's not just, hey, Cohen, how you doing? There's more behind it than that. I mean, it's not just a, a cordial thing. You know, there's, there's a warmth, and there is an affection you know, that's, that's behind it. And Cohen's saying, why aren't you picking on me? You ever shake hands with Cohen? Hmm? His handshake's kind of vigorous, isn't it? Yeah. There's, it's not just a, I mean, you've, you've shook hands before with people that just kind of laid their hand in yours. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know, Cohen's handshake's not that way. Well, Paul's greeting, you know, wasn't just a, hey, how you doing? You know, no, there was affection, there was warmth, there was a loving heart that was behind that. Um, more than just, far beyond just a simple hello. Um, the Greek word there actually listen to listen to what meaning it carries to draw to oneself greet to draw to oneself now he kind of did that this morning if you were if you were watching now, I was a pew there was a pew apart of but I reached my hand out there and he grabbed a hold of it and he pulled 
But you've probably had people do that to you before, haven't you? Where, you know, you see a brother you had not seen in a while, you go up and you, you, you go to shake his hand, and he shakes your hand, but he draws you to himself and, and, and puts his arm around you, you know. Um, so you see this drawing to oneself, you know, and, and it goes beyond that. It's, 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 it's to receive joyfully. It's not a obligation, you know, it's not an obligation, you know, that, that, that oh, well, I've got to say hello, you know. Uh, in, in a way, we do. You know, I, I feel bad sometimes when I get here. You know, Brother Donnie told me, he said, boy, you, what are you doing here so early? You know, sometimes I get here right during the time to start, and I didn't have a chance to say hi to anybody. And I feel bad about that, because some of you I may not see before you leave, you know. And so I, I don't know if that happens to you or not, but it does to me. But to receive joyfully, to welcome, greet. This is the thing that Paul's doing here. Um, when he's saluting the churches and the saints in particular, it was meant with affection, uh, this, this greeting. It was in, intended not just to be, you know, with affection, but beyond that it was, I mean, you receive, when, it, when, when, when I've received phone calls from people, you know, that I hadn't seen in a while, you know, Brother Don Johnson called me not too long ago. He said, you were on my mind last night. He said, I told Sister May, that's his wife, said, uh, you know, and of course, he he's older so he's things you know we would look things up on our phone you know but he's like get out the address book and look up russell's phone number i'm calling him tomorrow and he did you know and and so i hadn't seen him in a long time and and uh, hadn't heard from him in a long time of course he hadn't heard from me either but but you know it was it was encouraging you know the the, the greeting and the phone call and the conversation that ensued, it was encouraging. Um, and so Paul sought, you know, for that to be the case, that it would be encouraging. It would, it would be with warm affection to, and out of love, you know, to, to strengthen and to encourage. There was genuine care. Um, it wasn't just how you doing. And it's just something that we say. You know, it was, there was something behind it. There was a genuine concern and wanting to know, how are you doing? You know, um, you know, we, we pass people, and, you know, we, we live in the South, and we pass people at the grocery store, and people will look at you and, you know, make eye contact and say, hi, how are you doing? You know, and it's just, that's all there is to it. And they don't even stop. They keep going, you know. <laughs> well, you probably, you, 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 you probably run into somebody at the feed store that's otherwise, I don't know, Brother JT, you've known them people for a long time. They probably stand around and talk, even offer you a cup of coffee. But I know what you mean. There's people don't want to make eye contact hardly anymore, um, unless they're upset. You took their parking place; they'll make eye contact. But you you heard about that recently, where there was a lady that was um, shot and killed over a parking place. Um, you know, it's 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 best to be gentle. You know, if 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 that is that important to them, let them have it. Don't get upset with them, you know, and, 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 and fight over a parking space. We don't live in a day where that, that, that might not end well in the day in which we live, you know. Um, but um, who knows? It could lead to an opportunity to preach the gospel to somebody. You know, it, here's two cars coming, and you've had your blinker on. You know, there's a space. People, somebody's backing out, you know. And they back out the wrong direction coming at you so you can't just turn right in and the car behind you know them has an opportunity to get in there before you and they knew you were there and they saw your turn signal you know they knew you had been sitting there long before they drove up and they still take it well well wave at them say you know 
smile. It's not natural, is it, to do that? Naturally speaking, you want to get upset. Well, how dare you? You may want to get out of your car and have a conversation with them that wouldn't go well. Let them have it. Yeah, let them have it. Um, you know, Sister Linda, you wrote something not too long ago that, that um, it, it, you know, it's true. She said, people don't care how much you know. Have you heard this saying before? Until they know how much you care. You know, that's true. That's, we could know a whole lot, but not have any love or affection you know, in our hearts. Well, why would they even care what we have to say? Uh, certainly not the case here with Paul, is it? You know, he, he talks about Phoebe being a servant. Uh, he admonishes us to assist her, receive her, help her uh, in, in whatever way that she has need of. Um, to greet a Priscilla and Aquila. You know, there's a lot of times her name's first before his. That's not common. You would expect his you know, to have been mentioned first. You know, but, but hers is, is mentioned first here. Um, laid down their life um, you know, for him. Now, there, there's a right attitude, isn't there? Hebrews 13.1, let brotherly love what? Continue. Let it continue. Psalm 133.1, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Here's, here's the right attitude, how the thought of each one. If I have a thought of Sister Linda, Brother Jerry, Mom and Dad, you know, Andrew, Rebecca, my Aunt Nita, my wife, my, my mother-in-law, Bruce, you know, Shelby, you know, Brother JT, Donnie, Cohen, you know, uh, Anna and Lydia back there. Um, you know, if I have a thought of you, my heart ought to be filled with warm affection you know, towards you. And, 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 and even prayer on your behalf. Lord, I'm not sure why Anna's been brought to my mind right now, but Lord, I, I pray for her, that you'd strengthen her, that you'd help her, that you would encourage her, um, that you would assist her, you know, and help me in whatever, if there's some assistance she needs of me, for me to be able to assist her in whatever way I can. You know, that ought to be, the, that's, that's the thought that's here between Paul and, these, and these, these people that he's mentioning. That ought to be, you know, our thought. Our, our hearts ought to glow with godly affection, care, and concern for each other. It certainly ought not to be this way, that we think of each other and have ill thoughts towards one another. Um, like we said, only time will tell the impact of these people that Paul's mentioning here. You know, eternity will tell. Um, but consider the fact that the Apostle Paul, he needed this help. You know, he, he gets to Corinth and he meets Aquila and Priscilla, right? He meets them there. Well, that wasn't a chance meeting, was it? I mean, God providentially brought them. To, they had the same trade. And, and Paul abides with them for 18 months. Uh, I, was, I was listening to Brother Charles Leiter talk about that. And he said, how would you like to have the Apostle Paul in your house for 18 months? Hmm? You, how do you think about that? Favorably? Well, this is what he said next. The Apostle Paul was a dangerous commodity. There were people that wanted to kill him and hurt him. And if you had him under your roof, guess what? Your home now becomes a target. You know. But it didn't stop them from being hospitable. It didn't stop them you know, from, from showing love, care, affection towards this man that, it, that they first met. They might not have known exactly much about him. You know. 
um, you know, but but here they got to know him. Um, I'm, I'm sure they were they were taught much by him, so much so that you see them later with Apollos, right? And they hear Apollos preaching, and they take Apollos aside. They don't do it publicly. They take him aside, and they teach him the way more perfectly, right? More perfectly. Um, so God's in all these things. You know, we see it interwoven and connected. Um, you know, Paul leaves uh, Athens after preaching to the, the, the superstitious people there in the uh, Areopagus on, on Mars Hill. Um, you know, and he, he leaves there and he comes into contact with uh, Aquila and Priscilla. And then later on, you know, they leave with him and go to Ephesus. And he leaves them behind in Ephesus. I mean, he had spent all that time with them and got to know them and knew that he could trust them with the fledgling church there in Ephesus. You know, <clears throat> but they they took Paul in. They were hospitable, and we we see that mentioned in this context of these things that we're looking at. Um, there were those that went so far, like we said, that they became fellow prisoners. I mean, they were attached to Paul, right? They they were they were fellow laborers with Paul, and when it came to something that was serious, just like with Aquila and Priscilla. They, they risked their necks. These, these people here ended up being imprisoned, you know, with him. Um, so what a, what a blessing it is to see the, the, the brotherly love, you know, here amongst, you know, these people even to that degree that they're willing to risk their necks and they're willing even to be imprisoned uh, for the cause of Christ. Well, when we get down to verse number 16, we see that we're in this whole idea of greeting. You know, we're called to greet one another, you know, with a holy kiss. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Has that ever happened to you, Brother Jerry? Another man kiss you on the cheek? No, never happened? It was, it was a startling thing to me the first time it happened. You know, I don't, Brother Donnie, you probably had it happen to you. Some of them French people may grab a hold of you and kiss you on the cheek. I don't know, even though you're not French. They avoid. <laughs> We're in America now. It's not culturally acceptable here. Um, but first time Brother Conrad, you know, I'd, I'd hugged his neck many times. But then there was a time that he hugged my neck and he kissed me on the cheek. And I felt more of the love and the affection, the concern you know, that he had for me as a result of that. But, but like I'm saying, it, 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 I'm not saying that everybody needs to start going around kissing each other on the cheek. That's going to make some people maybe uncomfortable, but we do need to know and we do need to realize and we do need to feel the affection and the love and the care and the concern that we have for one another. Um, you know, I ran into Sister Shelby, you know, at a job site the other day because she was there, you know, doing some cleaning. And, and uh, you know, walked in, and, and Teresa happened to be with me, and we were on the way somewhere else. And I got in there, and it wasn't long before I got a text. I didn't show it to Sister Shelby right away, but Teresa's like, quit talking, and come on, we got to go. You know, but there's a care, there's a concern, there's an affection uh, that, there, that there is there between us, that, that we, we enjoy being able to spend time with one another. You know, we enjoy being able to go back here in, in the fellowship hall afterwards and, and be able to share a meal together. I mean, it's going to be a whole week before we see one another again, you know. Uh, so we enjoy being able to have that time, you know, with one another. So whatever that may, you know, mean, it's, if, it's, if it's Cohen's, you know, vigorous handshake. I mean, you, you know it's not just, he's not just shaking your hand. You know, there's something behind that. 
you know, uh, there's there's a concern, you know, there. It's not just I'm going to shake your hand and walk away, you know. Um, you know, you you know, you shook his hand, shook his hand when he when he shakes it, right? Um, you you feel it. Um, but you know, it may be Sister Delina. You know, she she's not shy about hugging your neck. She'll do that. Um, but people ought to know that we. And maybe you're uncomfortable with that. I don't know. But people ought to know that we care about you know one another. Um, that people would see our good works and glorify our Father, you know, which is in heaven. <clears throat> they may see something, you know, amongst us. Listen to something similar to what we find, you know, here in Romans 16 in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 through 26. It says, We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and it be at peace among yourselves. We exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. We'll, we'll come in, into contact with some of that in the next in the remaining verses in chapter 16, but, but comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. I mean, this is the care and concern, right? Uh, comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient towards all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good. We ought to, we ought to think the best always, right? Somebody may say something that could be taken the wrong way, but we always ought to be thinking the, the, the best. Well, they probably didn't mean that. They probably meant this. You know, they probably meant it this way. Because um, believe me, the devil's, you know, but JT said he's busy. He's always roaming about. He's busy, you know, and he, he will be glad to enter in to those thoughts and begin to and begin to bring up, you know, some kind of gossip or bring up some bitterness or bring up something, you know, there. You know. No, we ought not to think that way. But we ought to be, we ought to be prepared because the devil will... We'll seek to do that sort of thing. I was telling Teresa yesterday, a message I listened to, there was a man that was being interviewed, you know, had a ministry, a larger church, and somebody asked him a question along the lines of, you know, if the devil were to, to, to be able to get at you in what area, you know, of your life do you think that you're the weakest or whatever? And he said, one thing I know, it would not be my marriage. Guess what? That's exactly the place that... That happened to him, and his marriage was, far as I understand, you know, was destroyed. You know, so take heed, right, brethren. You you think you stand, lest you fall. You know, take heed. Uh, don't don't remain humble. You know, don't don't be Peter when the Lord said, "You're going to forsake me. I'll never do that, Lord. I'll die." You know, be be rather the other way. Lord, I, I, don't, I don't ever want, Lord, keep me, strengthen me, help me to be strong in you and the power of your mind. I don't want to deny you, you know. Um, you know, keep me in, in my marriage. You know, keep me, you know, in my ministry. Keep me, you know, in my witness among other people. Um, don't think you're so strong that you can't fall. You know. Don't be presumptuous, right? Um. See that none of you render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesyings, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you, who will also do it, 
Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. Yeah. By this, right? By this, John thirteen thirty five, shall all men know that you're my disciples by what? By your love? One for another. And if I'm, if I'm here this morning, I'm listening to these things, and I say, Lord, I'm, I, I, just, I don't think that I really have that the way that I ought to have it. Well, guess what? The Lord gives abundantly. If, if you lack in an area, just like wisdom, if you like the Lord, the Lord can strengthen that. Um, you know, well, I'm, I'm kind of just a shy person, kind of you know, backwards that way. Well, the Lord can help you with that. Um, I mean, if you can't be yourself here, you know, where will you be able to be yourself? Um, you know, I don't have a hostile environment that I'm preaching to this morning. You know, I'm preaching to people that want to be here and want to hear. You know, that's easy. Um, you know, but preaching to people that didn't want to hear, didn't want to listen, was throwing things at you. I mean, you think about George Whitfield, they were, they were throwing dead cats and things at him while he was preaching, you know, so you, you, that's a hostile environment, you <laughs> know. I'm not in that environment this morning. Um, But by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. So may the Lord Lord grant us such as this that we're reading about here, you know, that we see here in these first 16 verses. May the Lord grant us such as this. Um, We're not laboring alone. You know, Paul had all these helpers, you know. Um, you, You have help. I have help. I mean, pray. So I could go to any of you and ask you, pray with me about this. And, and and you would do it. Pray with me fervently about this, and you would do it. Um, you know, so you know we we have one another. Uh, we we don't have to bear these burdens on our own. Um, you know, we, there's others that can come alongside and shoulder that burden with us and pray with us. I mean, I know uniquely it's yours um, in in that sense. I mean, you're the one going through it, but we have brothers and sisters in Christ who who would love to come alongside. They're going to have to know that you're going through something for them to pray for you about it. I mean, I, in, in one sense, I know the Lord's able to give us a burden, you know, for somebody. Some, something could be seriously going on in Brother Bruce's life, and he hadn't said anything to me about it. And uh, the Lord just laid him on my heart, and I'm just praying for him, praying for him, praying for him. Because I don't even understand. Why well, am I praying so much for Brother Bruce? I'm not praying that much for Brother Jerry. Well, there may be something really going on that he hadn't said anything about. You know, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I, Teresa's received phone calls from people before. How's Russell doing? He's been on my mind. Something going on, something wrong? And she's like, well, nothing right now, but I hope it's not, not something like coming, you know. <laughs> is that why you're calling? You know, something bad's fixing to happen? Uh, <laughs> is it really bad? Well, the Lord's in control. Uh, be strong in the Lord and the power of his mind. Well, let's stand and we'll go to the Lord in prayer. Paul didn't labor alone. We're not laboring alone. Um, Well, Lord, help us in these things that we might uh, honor him in being what we see these first century Christians were to one another.